it's always an honor to be at Christ Center Church and to be with this wonderful church family that I uh, love very much. I want to take your attention to a portion of Scripture, if I can, in Matthew chapter 14. Give honor to our guests. We're glad to have you all today. And uh, I hope you don't mind a redneck preaching to you for a little bit. <laughs> Probably not every day you get to hear somebody like me. So, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 begins. It says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him. Unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. It was being tossed with waves for the wind was contrary. It was in the fourth watch of the night that Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. So when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And so they cried out with fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. So Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water. To go to Jesus. I think we all know this is a very familiar portion of Scripture, something that we have heard many stories told since we were children about Jesus walking on the water. And then we always have the desire, like Peter, you know, bid me to come and, and walk. But today I, I want to, to speak, if I can, minister to you from this point. What good is a boat? If the boat don't float. What good is a boat if the boat don't float? Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for your goodness and for your mercy, for your strength, for your kindness, for your power and your authority in our lives. We open our hearts to you right now. Speak to our minds. Speak to our spirits. Speak to our lives with the word from the throne room of heaven. We're asking you to build faith that may not be there right now. We're asking you to do what we cannot do in and of ourselves. You are God and we are not. And you are the only one who can save. You are the only God who can deliver. And the only one who can heal. So if you can save today, heal today, and to deliver today, we're asking you to move in this place. Move as only you can. Let there be a strong and a powerful manifestation of your love and of your presence here right now. Speak to us, so God. Deliver us even from ourselves. We're asking in the name of Jesus we pray. In the name of Jesus we pray. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise as we're seated today. I didn't know if they were going to sing another song or not, so I hope you don't mind. I put a cough drop in in my mouth, so I might be struggling with that for the next little bit. 
I'm going to try not to chomp on it. Matthew chapter 14 does not begin with the disciples in the ship. It does not begin with them in the middle of this treacherous storm. It actually begins on a more somber note. It was not exactly the brightest days for Jesus. You see, Matthew chapter 14 opens with detailing the events that would lead to John the Baptist's death. This is the first cousin of Jesus Christ. So when news comes to Jesus that John was now dead, just as you would anyone that you love or, or close to, you have to have your time of grief, your time of solitude, your your time of rest, your, your time to just sit and collect your thoughts and shut everyone out. You ever had to just draw yourself away and maybe go into the room and shut the door behind you and turn off the lights and just sit. Just to collect your mind, just to control your emotions and trying to put everything into check and so to speak. Because what we do know between what is written, the last communication between Jesus and John was a simple conversation. It it wasn't strong and it wasn't long, but it was very short. It was precise and it was detailed, but it was not exactly the best conversation that you would expect between two family members who were close to have. You see, John had been going and preaching the kingdom of God, preaching repentance and baptizing souls unto repentance. He had been preparing the way of the Lord that was, was prophesied. And, and so you have to, we have to go back and understand that this was a man who not only heard the voice of God, he saw the sign of God upon Jesus Christ. When he would declare to the people, behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the earth. And upon having Jesus ask him, I need you to baptize me. John said, no, it is you that I need to be baptized of. It it is you that needs, this is a, this is something that needs to be reversed. But Jesus looks at John and he says, no, this is so that all scripture must be fulfilled in righteousness. He said, I've got a plan. You've got to understand. You've got to follow the suit. And so John baptizes him and he hears the voice of God as he is baptizing Jesus, saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. He saw the spirit of the Lord fall upon Jesus. He said, like a dove. He didn't see a dove. He saw the spirit just begin to flutter upon this man. He had a visible an audible sign that this is exactly who he must put his faith and his trust in. But as he goes on his way and he's preaching the kingdom of heaven, he's preaching the kingdom of God, and Herod has him arrested, and now he is put into prison. He sends his followers to Jesus asking this question. Are you the one? Are you the one or should I look for another? There is nothing in life like hard times. 
that will cause you to question what you say you have believed. And what in your heart of hearts you hope that you believe. There's nothing like travesty. There's nothing like tragedy. There's nothing like grief and heartache and brokenness that will cause you to question, do you love me? Do you care? Or even yet more like, are you real? Is this worth putting my hope in? Is this worth putting my praise in? Is this worth putting my worship in? Are you truly able to supply all of my needs according to your riches in glory? Are you faithful? Are your mercies really new every day? Can I trust you with my heart? Can I trust you with my love? Can I trust you with my family? Can I trust you with my finances? And it's nothing like dark times that would cause you to question Everything that you have said that you believe and that you hope that you have believed. The answer that Jesus sends back to John is not exactly the answer that you would expect. He said, tell John the things that you see and the things that you hear. That the eyes of the blind are open. The ears of the deaf are unstopped. That the lame walked. He said, tell John by the very same sign that you saw at the baptism. You are going to know that I am who I said I am. I am who you have believed me to be. Even if you do not get out of this prison. There was no words of of salvation or deliverance of John's life because he would die at the hands of Herod. He would never see life outside of that prison. But he would know that in his death, that what he did was preach the life of the man that he said he believed in. He would have the very same sign that came to him at Jesus' baptism. Referred and delivered back to him from the mouths of of the followers of John the Baptist. Uh, He said he sees uh, what's going on, but the eyes of the blind are open. Uh, The ears of the deaf are unstopped. Uh, I've heard the voice of God. I've seen the power of God just as you saw. Testifying of his love. Testifying of his greatness. Testifying of his ability. But John would never see life outside of prison. He would die bound in that cell. Yes, but Jesus was still God and he would have his answer. But when news would come to Jesus telling him that his cousin was now dead, the Bible said that Jesus, when he heard of it, he departed thence by a ship and he was he was went going to a place called a desert place. He was just seeking his own place to grieve. His own place. To be alone. His own place to collect his thoughts and maybe check his emotions. Maybe thinking of some of the good times that they had when they were children. Maybe thinking, you know, could I have given him a a better word before his death? Could I have said something else to his followers? But when the people heard that Jesus was there, they began to come out of the highways and the byways. They just began to come out of everywhere. Because this one that John preached about, this one that everybody began to testify about, 
The healer is here. The miracle worker is here. The king of all kings is here. The Lord who is able is here. And they began to come to Him. By the groves and by the hundreds and what became thousands began to seek the hand of Jesus to move on their needs. And the Bible said, and He had compassion on them all. Even in his worst emotional moment, he cared more about them going home filled than having his own heart set. He cared more about their needs than his own brokenness. He cared more about their condition than his positioning in this moment. He said, look, I can't let them go home broken. I can't let them go home empty. I can't let them go home unhealed. I can't let them get them home, go home back into their same. I've got to make sure that I deal with it. And even in this own state of mind that he was in, when the disciples were trying to send people away, he would say, don't send them away. Don't let them go home the same way they came. I gotta work. I gotta do what I came here to do. Even though my heart's broken, I can't let her go home to that situation. I can't let him go home in that sickness. He cared more about their needs than the own feelings that he was struggling with. The Bible says, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He cares about you. He cares about how things that are going in your life. He cares about what's going on in your mind. And He wants you to know that when you seek Him, He wants you to leave the way that you need to leave. That's why we're called to cast all of our cares upon Him, for He cares for you. He wants to minister to you. He wants to reach into your life. He wants to work on your behalf. Too much so that even when the hours began to pass and he said, let them sit down and feed them. The disciples said, we, we don't have anything to feed them. We don't even have the money to pay for it. He said, well, bring me what you have. Five loaves and two fish. It seems like the most common thing, but that's what is written. Five loaves and two fish were brought to him. And he says, give it to me. He blesses. He breaks it. He gives it to him. They took up 12 baskets full. Over 5,000 plus people that had come to set and hear the word of God in a wilderness. It wasn't exactly a, 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 a whole a shopping center around to, to get what you needed from. They were seeking Him in a wilderness. But by this time, the evening had begun to set in. And He was now telling His disciples, I need you to get into the boat. And I need you to go. Let me deal with the people. You just need to leave me. He constrained, he compelled, he told them, he led them. He put them in the boat and sent them away. And then he began to send the people away. And when he sent the people away, the Bible said that he now went into the mountain apart to pray. And that's when he finally was getting his moment of solitude. But while he was there, and while he was alone, we are now in the midst of the text that tells us that the disciples were now caught up in the middle of a storm that was showing no signs of letting up. Circumstances were dire. They were detrimental. Something needed to be done, and it needed to be done fast, and it needed to be done quick. You've got 12 men who have not done anything wrong that are now hanging on to a boat for dear life, Wondering if they're going to make it alive, out alive or not. They're wondering, is this the last day that they're going to live on this earth? Is this how it's finally going to end? 
Fear has begun to overrun their faith. They have become afraid like nobody can even understand. And this is really crazy because four of the twelve are established and notable fishermen. Peter, James, John, and Andrew, they were raised knowing how to read the topography of the seas. They knew when to hoist the sails and batten the hatches. They, they knew when to shift the ship, uh, starboard and turn it into the wave and away from the wave. They, they knew how to read the sign of the sea to understand what they must do, but even Peter was afraid. John was afraid. Andrew was afraid. And this does not make it any easier for Nathaniel or Thomas or Judas who knew absolutely nothing about life on the sea. How was a tax collector going to understand what to do in the middle of the storm and caught in the circumference of all of the waves and all of the beating against the ship when they've lived their life in an office setting? You see, what was going on was Thomas and, and, and Thaddeus and, and Judas, they were looking to Peter, James, and Andrew, and John for direction. Because it's in the time of storms that you look to the experienced for direction. You're not going to turn to somebody who has never walked a mile in your shoe and ask them what you need to do. It's in the time of hardship that the inexperienced are looking to the direction of the experience on how to make it through this place in life. How do I make it through this season? How do I get my family through this? How do I get my faith through this? It is not the time that you cannot give them an answer, but it is time when our worshipers must be worshiping, our prayer warriors must be praying, our believers must believe, because it's in this time of their life that the inexperienced Experienced are looking to the direction of the experience. Uh, tell me how I can make it through this. Uh, tell me how I can walk out and still have faith in my heart, a praise in my spirit, a song in my soul. How can I get my family through this? Uh, where we can say we know that it was God and not ourselves. Because the truth of the matter remains. What good is a boat if the boat don't float. Because if the boat cannot do what it has been made to do, it is good for absolutely nothing. And so is our faith. If our faith cannot be what we must need faith to be, then it is serving no purpose than just to be good speech. But if our faith can bring healing into somebody's life, if our faith begins to speak life into somebody's spirit, if our faith can lead somebody to trust in a God that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that they can ask or think according to the power that works, then we cannot say that this boat does not float. Because if the boat cannot sustain the purpose for which it has been built, then it serves no purpose at all. And if the church cannot be a church, 
If your faith cannot be strong enough to step out on for somebody to see the direction in which you're leading, for the hope that which God offers, then what good is the boat if the boat don't float? See, now the situation was just out of control. Nature was taking its course and over, overwhelming the, the disciples in a way that they understood they cannot control. But understand this. They didn't do anything wrong. They didn't stop praying. They didn't stop believing. They didn't go to another church. They didn't put their hope in any other. He put them. He compelled them. He led them into the boat that was now caught in the middle of a storm. They did nothing wrong. They were where God told them to be, doing what God told them to do, and everything just flipped upside down. Welcome to life. It's not perfect. It's not always going to be good days. Even though this is the day that the Lord has made. Trials are going to come. Tragedies are going to strike. Storms are going to hit. Death is going to awaken you. There are going to be things that happen that you have absolutely no answers for. And it will leave you hanging on to the side of the boat. Questioning God, do you even Care. It'll have you questioning what you have said that you believed. And then walks Jesus. And he is not in any hurry. He is simply walking on the water. He's not running, he's not in a dead sprint. He's not Usain bolting to anybody's help. He is just taking his ever loving time. He is soaking in the atmosphere. He's looking at his creation as he is just moseying along. And the Bible said in one account that he would have passed them by. He was just taking a stroll. He was walking on the sea. And the disciples begin to cry out for fear, thinking it's a spirit. And they're crying out for help. And He turns to them and He says, Be of good cheer. It's Me. Don't be afraid. You ever heard that song, Don't Worry, Be Happy? You ever heard somebody to tell you that in the midst of the worst time in your life? How can you tell me not to worry? Don't you see what I'm going through? How can you tell me to be happy? Do you see what I am facing? It is just like the Lord to tell you in the midst of the worst storm you're ever facing. It's okay. It's me. Don't be afraid. It's a little bit late for that. Because to their understanding, that ship was about to go down. This was the end for them. How are you telling me to not be afraid? What he was directing to them was he had to bring their understanding and their perspective. He said, don't you realize that I've just told you who I am? And not only have I declared who I am, you see where I am. And the very thing that has taken your faith, The very thing that is causing you to struggle. The very thing that is causing you to fear. The very thing that has caused you to worry. Is 
the thing that has conquered you has already been conquered by me. I can tell you, don't worry. Don't be afraid. Because the very storm that is racking your faith, I'm already on top of it. I'm already in control of it. The problem is not a problem for me. The issue isn't an issue for me. I'm just walking here. I'm just moving where I can move. I'm just moving where I have the power and the authority to move. If your problems get out of hand, don't worry. Fear not, for I have overcome the world. You don't have anything in life that you have to be afraid of. There's nothing in life that you have to be worried about because He has already conquered death, hell, and the grave. But the thing that they're putting their faith in is failing them. So what good is the boat if it don't float? All of a sudden, Revelation hits Peter and he said, Lord, if it if it's you, bid me to come to you. I don't know if it was just stupidity or sarcasm. And sometimes I don't think we know the difference. Because there are things that we have declared in faith that we didn't have faith to really truly 100% believe and declare. And there's a lot of promises spoken that we haven't lived up to. Ever bargained with God? Ever bartered with God? Ever beseeched God on behalf of a need saying, if you work, I'll do this? You, you can, you can, we can clown on Peter all day long. If it was stupidity or straight up sarcasm. But I think there was revelation in what he was declaring. Because I think there was something inside of him that let him know. Despite what his daddy taught him. Despite what his grandfather told him. Despite what he had lived and experienced in that boat, if this boat wasn't going to make it. And he is walking on top of my problem. The safest place you can ever be in the midst of your storm is where Jesus is. I think that's something that we always have a tendency to rely on those things that we're comfortable with. And we end up in hurtful situations. Because rather than seek Jesus, we seek a place. We seek a person. We seek a thing. We seek something that we've, we've been used to having in our lives. And, and being told that this is what's right. This is what's logical. When faith is leading you to a place that does not seem logical. Faith is leading you to a place that you've never been before. Faith is leading you to an experience that you've never had before. Well, everybody said that's just emotionalism and hype. And who said that i got to speak in tongues in order to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? That's not what my papa said. That's not what my other pastor said. That's not what my father said. That They said that that thing was done and that thing was dead. Well, if it was done and if it was dead, then how come I've had that experience? Sometimes it doesn't make sense because you can't wrap your mind around it. You, you can't wrap your understanding around it. But you have to understand, if the boat that you've been in isn't going to make it, then what good is it if it's going down and it's taking you with it? Because what good is the boat if it don't float? you got 12 men that are on the brink of losing their life because they cannot let faith lead them to the supernatural. They can't let faith lead them to their answer. And here is Jesus, the one that they have declared, the one that they put their hope in, and He is standing on top of their trouble. 
like it's nothing. And Peter said, if it is you, bid me to come. Here's another thing. Never take a step without the direction given by God. Just because it seems like a good idea and you're stepping out on faith, until God gives you the invitation, you stay. Until God is leading you, you stay. Until God has directed you, you stay. Because you can end up in a world of hurt when you begin to make decisions without the direction given by your Master. Wait for the Lord to speak. Wait for God to open up an avenue for your heart to reach. Wait for God to speak unto your heart and say, Look, this is me. I need direction. I need a word. I need something to be spoken. And you know, there's something about what Jesus said. There was no reassurance in His invitation. He said, Come. That was it. If that be you, Lord, bid me to come. And that's all he got. One word. There was no, come on out, Peter. It's a nice sniper, a stroll on the water. It's as sturdy as a rock out here, Peter. Come on out. There was no reassurance. Because with faith, it's the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. There's no reassurances in stepping out in faith. See, that's, that's not how we operate. That's not, that's not how we want things. We want to know we're going to get what we're asking of before we ask. Because you, nobody wants to step out on something in the ground, fall out from underneath their feet. But when it comes to faith, you have to understand, He was given a word. And that word was the foundation of everything that Peter would have to stand on. He told me, come. There may not be a reassurances in what we begin to speak into your life. But when you're stepping out on faith according to the Word of God, and the Word spoken by God, that Word will be enough to sustain you. Micah said that when I sit in a dark place, the Word will be a lamp to me. He said, when I'm in this place, uh, your Word is what brings illumination to where I'm at. Uh, there is something about walking by faith and not by sight. Why? Because we know that that Word sustains. We know that Word compels. That Word does not return to Him void. That Word has all power. That Word speaks life. That Word speaks deliverance. And that Word may be everything that you have to stand on without any reassurances. But if God's Word is yea and amen, you can understand one thing. That Word is not going to lie. That word is not going to be void. That word is not going to be empty. That word is going to fulfill what has been spoken into your life to fulfill. But are you brave enough to step out of the boat and stand on that word? When you got 11 other disciples who are looking at your decisions, 
knowing that if you fail, you're going to be talked about. Knowing that if you begin to look at an already conquered storm and you begin to sink and you cry out, Jesus, save me! You see, until that point, Jesus seemed far away. But the moment that Peter begins to sink, the Bible says immediately Jesus stretched out His hand. Who when He seemed so far away at one point and immediately He was already there. The sad part is, is we get so used to hanging on to the boat. Don't realizing sometimes that we're going down with it. Because what good is the boat if it don't float? What's the point of saying that you believe in a God that you don't worship or pray to or have faith in? How, how can we declare to people that God is able to move in their relationship, move in their marriage, and, and bring restoration to their heart and to their soul and to their spirit when we don't even believe that sometimes ourselves? What good is the boat if it don't float? I, I don't know if all of you know it, but most of you probably do. This boat floats. He said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. This boat, it floats. A lot of us, we just, we're too afraid to step out on what we have hope for. You could call Peter a, a failure because he began to sink. I think there was 11 other failures who decided not to trust God. Who were more in a mindset to be mad at God and be angry at God. How could you have let this storm happen? How could you have let us get into this situation? You're the one that put us here. We wouldn't be here if you had not put us here. What do you think you're doing trying to get out of the boat? Don't you know that this is the safest place you can be? If this boat is barely making it and the storm's not a problem for him... I want to be where Jesus is. How many, when you come to church, you come seeking the Lord for an answer? Do you come seeking the Lord or you just come seeking a place? Do you come to church because this is what you've been told this is a safe place? Or have you come to the place where you know that the one who is walking on your storm can be found? And when you get here, are you reaching to Him? Are you calling out to Him? Are, are you grasping after Him saying, Lord, I need you right now. Lord, if it's you, bid me to respond. Come to my heart. Come to my mind. Come to my aid. Come to my rescue. Because the sad part is, is if we come to this place and we do not activate faith, then what are we doing? What is the point of coming to the house of God and you don't even want to talk to God? You know, I... I got friends and I got Wi-Fi at my house. But I'd be John Brown if my friend would come to my house, connect to my Wi-Fi, sit there, get on his phone, and look at his apps, play his games, and not say one stinking word to me. You can put that thing up and you go to Starbucks. You can do that all day. For... When you're here, you're here and you want to spend time with me. 
We're friends. There, there's a relationship here. There, there is camaraderie. How dare we come to His house, sit down, hear everybody sing, hear everybody pray, hear everybody shout, and we know that the Lord is here and we need Him. We need Him now if we really want to be honest because there's some things that you just haven't told people about and you need an answer for it today and you need God to bring it through you now. There's brokenness in your heart. There's brokenness in your spirit. How dare we just let God come in amongst His people and we just sit here like bumps on a log. What good is the boat if it don't float? If it's going down, I need Jesus. I need Him to speak. I need Him to heal. I need Him to deliver. I can't make it another week. Save me. If it's you, bid me to respond because I need an answer. I need hope right now. I need peace right now. I need deliverance right now. I need joy right now. I need healing right now. Because what have we come for if we're not going to exalt Him? What have we come for if we're not going to pray to Him? What have we come for if we're not going to cry out for Him? What have we come for if we're not going to seek Him? Knowing that we seek Him with our whole heart. He said, you will find me. What good is the boat if it don't float? They didn't come to hear a good song. They came because they needed Jesus. And if you ain't going to lead them to Jesus, then what good is it? What good is it if you can't take the drug addict and say, let me show you how to get out of this. Let me lead you to the one that can break this chain. You don't have to go home thinking the same things that you've been thinking. You don't have to live with that depression anymore. You don't have to live with those thoughts of suicide anymore. You don't have to live with that loneliness anymore. You don't have to live in that pain anymore. Let me show you what God did for me. Because it's in this time of storm, the inexperienced are looking to the direction of Jesus. Show me how to make it. Because what good is the boat if it don't float? You can tell people all day long how good Jesus is, but they'll never know it until you show them for yourself. Somebody's got to find Jesus walking on the water in the middle of the situation because if not he's just going to pass them by but because they saw something they began to respond oh he's here he's there where two or three are gathered together in the midst of them he said he would be somebody needs to recognize he's here and somebody needs to take a look and say I need you if it's you bid me to come if it's you, bring me to the altar. If it's you, open up my heart. If it's you, speak into my mind. If it's you, deliver me from this mess. If it's you, here's my chains. Here's my hurt. Here's my pain. What can I do? I can't go down with this anymore. I need deliverance. I need help. If faith is not going to arise, then what do we have? Because after all, what good is the boat if it don't float? And then if a church cannot be a church, then we're nothing more than a self-help group. We're nothing more than a 12-step program to help people try to live a better life. But you're still... Without a salvation in your soul. And without healing in your mind and your spirit. Because you're still living with demons that you cannot defeat on your own. 
you need Jesus. And if we cannot lead people to Jesus, if we cannot worship Jesus, then what good is the vote? In the name of Jesus. Something about out of the mouth of babes. It's sad how it's funny. It's not sad. It's beautiful how some kids can get it, but some adults can't. He said, "Unless you had faith like a child, when did you stop believing that God was powerful enough? When did you stop believing that God loved you enough? When did you think that God ever walked away from you?" He said, "I've never forsaken you. I will not fail you." God is not a man that He should lie, nor the Son of Man that He should repent. It's us who are required to repent. It's us who are required to give our hearts. He has already shown His love. For God so loved the world, He gave gave His only begotten Son. He he has already robed Himself in flesh and came to this earth to show you that He loved you. What more does He need to do? He has made Himself available. He's made Himself accessible. It's us that don't cry out unto Him. They that call upon the name of the Lord have said that they shall be saved. So once have you tried to conjure Him in the middle of a storm, cry to Him in the middle of desperation, in the middle of feeling deserted? When was the last time that you began to feel your heart stretched towards Him, just hoping? You might be stretching a little bit, but sometimes you need to let go of the boat. Don't, don't laugh at me, because I might not get exactly what it is that I'm wanting. But if I can't go down with what I don't believe, Sometimes you just got to get out of the boat. Because He's leading you somewhere else. He's leading you to a place where you're not depending on yourself and you're not depending on things. You're depending on Him to sustain you. Oh, I feel like I've, I've... I hope I didn't cross any lines today. I give honor to my friend, Pastor Wyatt. We're not here to build a large facility. We're not here to say we got the largest church in the district. Because all if we are if all we are is a congregation of people without people finding deliverance and salvation. What good is the boat? I'm going to ask something just very, just very plain, just very basic. The Bible says to write the vision and make it plain. So what I speak, I'm just going to speak just clearly. Is anybody needing God to do something in their life? Uh, don't, oh, let's just do this again. I'm one of these people like, look, don't beat around the bush with me. You don't like me, just tell me you don't like me and tell me why you don't like me. Because I ain't got time. I ain't got time for you. I ain't got time for that junk. Let's just just make it plain. Don't nod your head. Don't be timid. We got too many people. We got too much pride. When you came here today, who came with a need that you need God to work in? Why in the world are we still hanging on to a boat? 
why don't we stand to our feet and begin to lift up our voices unto the Lord right now? Come on, why don't we just begin to pray right now? Why don't you begin to cry out to Him? Why don't you begin to call on His name for a few moments? Jesus, I need you right now. God, I need you to begin to reassure my faith. Lord Jesus, to know that what I'm hoping in right now was not, Lord Jesus, empty and it's not in vain. But God, you brought me here. And I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a purpose. And God, Lord, I'm tired of this storm in my life. I'm, I'm tired of this situation. And I'm tired of how I'm feeling right now. I'm tired of these thoughts in my mind. I'm tired of this berating in my hope, oh God. I need you today, Lord. I, I need you right now, Lord. God, if there was somebody that can bring experience into my my life, Lord, that would lead me to a deeper revelation of You, that that would lead me to a deeper place in You, God, that my heart can be full and my soul could be satisfied and my soul could be make her boast in the Lord. Oh, if there is something right now, Lord, that You would do in my life, God, that would change everything that is going on, that You would speak deliverance to my life, that You would speak deliverance into my storm. That You would speak deliverance into my heart. Oh God, that You would move in my family. That You would move in my thoughts. That You would take this depression away. That You would take this heartache away. That You would remove the darkness right now. I rebuke the adversary. I rebuke every word of doubt that will be spoken into the mind. Every thought that is in the mind right now that does not need to be there. I command it to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I declare that Your arms of love will begin to wrap around every heart. Every mind and every soul, Lord, that they would begin to have strong faith right now and believing in You and having hope in You would begin to cry out to You and stretch to You, reach to You, stepping towards You because You are bidding us to come to You, casting all of our cares upon You for You care for them. You said, come to Me who are weary and heavy laden and I will give You rest, O God. I'm asking right now in the name of Jesus that You would give peace to somebody right now, deliverance to somebody right now. Right now, fill somebody with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Right now, somebody who is asking you for a change. Somebody who is asking you for help. Somebody who is asking for a blessing. Somebody who is asking right now for deliverance. In the name of Jesus, I'm asking Lord God that you begin to work in it right now. Lord God, somebody's heart begin to step out of the boat and move towards you in confidence right now. I'm not going down. I'm not going down. I want to be with Jesus. Is. I want to be where your presence is. I want to be where your power is. I want to be where your arms of love is. Lord God, you have already conquered the storm. You have conquered death, hell, and the grave. And you can move in the mind. You can move in the heart. You can move in the spirit and do so right now in your name, in your lovely name, in your matchless name, in your powerful name, in your mighty name. May in word or indeed do all in the name of Jesus. Speak power and deliverance to somebody's life right now. Come on, if God has worked in your life, why don't you begin to pray with somebody next to you? If God has moved in your marriage, why don't you pray for somebody next to you? If God has broken an addiction in your life, why don't you begin to pray somebody with somebody around you? If God has spoke healing into your life, why don't you begin to pray with somebody? Come on, it's time for the experience to begin to lead somebody in the direction. Come on, let me show you how to call on His name. Let me show you how to find Him. Let me show you how to reach to Him right now. Let me show you how to find your answer in Him right now.
Okay, God, I'm here again. On my knees I am. I'm desperate for your saving grace. I need you to save me. I'm sinking. I'm reaching out. Would you take my hand? I'm tired of the way my life has been. So less of me and more of you. I am all yours. Okay, God. I'm here again. On my knees I am. I'm desperate for your saving grace. I need you to save me. I'm singing. I'm reaching out. Would you take my hand? I'm tired of the way my life has been. So less of me 